Welcome to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy with help from evidence-based advice from our physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers. As you make plans for your holiday gatherings with your family, make a point of asking about your family's health history and consider sharing your personal medical wishes and any necessary forms. Why should you do this now? Well, here to tell us about why you should ask and whom you should ask is Dr. Kelly Klein, Texas Tech Physicians Family Medicine Doctor and Program Director for the Hospice and Palliative Medicine Fellowship Program. Dr. Klein, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your expertise, and what you do at the Health Science Center? Well, I'm an associate professor in the Department of Family and Community Medicine here at the Health Sciences Center. And I was a graduate of this medical school here, and I did family medicine residency here at Texas Tech. And then for about a dozen years, I practiced family medicine, including OB at Littlefield, Texas, a rural health clinic that we had there. Did that for about 12 years. And then Dr. Reagan and Dr. Cook encouraged me to come back to be on the faculty. And so I've been on the faculty here in the department since 2011. Well, welcome to our podcast. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us why it's important to know the history of our family health? Family health history is so important because we all inherit certain traits from our parents, including, you know, not only including our height and our eye color, but more importantly, we inherit the tendency to have certain diseases. And so we we need to know our family health history to find out if our parents or grandparents or other family members had any chronic medical illnesses or if they had any genetic illnesses that might be passed on to us or even things like mental health issues that we might inherit. And those are all good things that we need to be able to to know about and talk to our doctor about because they it influences our health greatly. How far back should we ask? Of course, it's very important to ask not only about our parents, but our parents' siblings, you know, our aunts and uncles, also our grandparents. But sometimes I I think we forget to include in our family health history our, our siblings and our children. So I would go back at least two generations. Now, are there any illnesses that are particularly important to ask about? Yes, you know, those chronic medical diseases that we see so much of, including diabetes and hypertension, heart disease, those are all very important to ask about. Also ask about genetic diseases, um, such as sickle cell. There's certain metabolic diseases that we may need to know about from our parents um, that are inherited. And then also ask about mental health disorders, about is there a history of depression or anxiety Because sometimes we forget that those are likely to be inherited, or there's the possibility that those could be inherited too. Sometimes we think of those as just being just something we deal with individually, but that tendency for those things could be inherited. How do you suggest we approach our families and ask about it, since healthcare is so private for some people? That's right. Well, you know, the holiday time like we're coming up on is a really great time to be able to ask because our families are already getting together and we're already 
doing lots of fellowship and reminiscing about things. And so, you know, maybe not right in the middle of our turkey dinner, maybe not uh, start asking questions, but, you know, even, you know, after a meal when everybody's talking and say, say things like, oh, by the way, mom or dad, you know, I don't know a lot about your history. Can, can we talk a little bit more about that? You know, maybe not putting them on the spot, but just getting them to discuss a little bit about what the, what they know, and it's and it's important to find out not only what what their different family members might have had or might have died from, but finding out you know how long they lived, what their health was like at the time, were they in good health or bad health? Find out if they were smokers, for example, or if they were overweight. But in, in just finding out some general things, and then as, as the conversation goes along, you can dive a little deeper. Um, but family holiday time like this is a great time to, to ask, ask our families, because we're already there together. We're already enjoying each other, and it's a good time to, to discuss serious things like this. What if someone doesn't have access to their family medical history? Would a genetic at-home test be a good substitute? It's not a bad substitute. There are some good at-home genetic tests out there. But I think first I would probably talk to my primary care provider and see if that's a good option because they might also be able to offer some genetic testing that's in, a, in a, our lab or even send you to a genetic counselor. And in some instances that might be a cheaper way to do it because insurance might cover some things. But and an at-home genetic test is not a bad way to go, especially if somebody's adopted or they just, for some reason, don't know much about their their biological parents. Um, but it's it's not a bad substitute. But I think first talk to your primary care provider about it. Some people might not just want to know about a potential illness in their future. How do you convince them that it's better to know now than later? That's a good question because it's sometimes it is a little scary to know that you might have this in your genetic makeup and might be at risk of certain things. But actually, you know, what I tell a lot of my patients is knowledge is power. The more things we know about our health history and the more things we know that is a potential for our future, the more we can act on it now, Act, look for things early, start checking blood sugars early, for example, start checking mammograms early if we know that kind of thing. So I think knowledge is power, and it's it, it never hurts to know. So now let's talk about medical directive forms. What are the differences among the different forms? Yeah, I think that's a, a great thing to ask, too, because while we're asking our our family at a get-together, like the, the holidays that are coming up, about, our past med- about their past medical history, it's also a good time for us all to talk about what our wishes for the future might would be and to, to you know to talk about a living will and that is a form that uh, you can fill out that is also called directive to physicians it's a, a form that can be filled out ahead of time and can give physicians instructions on what to do if you were diagnosed with a terminal illness and you're able to choose on that form whether you would want to have aggressive treatments or whether you would want not want to have aggressive treatments. So that's a good form to have. And another form to have is, is the medical power of attorney. That's a form that you can fill out that delegates someone else to make medical decisions for you 
only if you're unable. And it's a, so most people will pick someone in their family. Some patients want to pick someone else who maybe is very close to them to be able to be the one to make medical decisions for them if they're unable. And it only is only becomes effective if you as the patient are not able to make your own decisions. Then a DNR form, there are, Texas has an out-of-hospital DNR form that can be signed ahead of time that if somebody finds that you are unresponsive and and if and if you, you we would start CPR normally but if there's some patients have already decided that they don't want CPR done or that they don't want to be on a ventilator and that they can fill out this form ahead of time that says they don't want any extraordinary measures done and there's a a newer version of that DNR form that's an inpatient DNR form so if someone's an, a patient in a hospital and doesn't want any heroic measures done, then there is a form for patients to sign in the hospital as well. So the living will, which is also called the directive to physicians, and the medical power of attorney, uh, and the out-of-hospital DNR are forms that you could fill out and also have witnesses. They require two witnesses or a notary to sign those with you. But an inpatient DNR only requires one signature on that. And are those forms available through our physician or attorney, or what if someone doesn't have a primary care provider? Right. So your primary care physicians should have copies of those. Your attorney most certainly will, too. You can also get online. If you Google Texas Advanced Directives, it will take you to a site where you can find those forms, and anybody can print those out. But probably the easiest way is to ask your doctor about them. And like I say, if you, you don't have to have a doctor or attorney fill them out with you. Thankfully, these forms are available to be printed online uh, to be filled out at home and signed by two witnesses, and then you can bring those to your doctor to put on your file. Now, can you tell us about the benefits of doing these forms now rather than waiting till the last minute? Good question. So many times we have somebody in the hospital and they are too sick to be able to tell us what their wishes are. Or you don't even know who to turn to to ask about their wishes. Because sometimes it's best to know ahead of time. So when somebody's in a doctor's office, say at an annual exam, or maybe they're in the doctor's office and have just been diagnosed with diagnosed with something that's a chronic medical illness, that's the best time to do it. To, to be planning for the future, sort of like an insurance plan really, so that you know that when the time comes, that someone knows what your wishes are ahead of time. Because if you wait till you're in the hospital and very ill, you might not be able to tell uh, the providers what you want done. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I just think, you know, just think about this holiday time as not only being a great time to ask about the family, your family history, you know, when you're, at, you know, after you've had your Thanksgiving meal and you're sitting around talking to family, talk talk openly about it, just uh, make it as part of the conversation and, and just normalize that, uh, that as much as possible by making it a, a just a usual part of your conversation. And then add to that, also talking to your family about, well, what would your wishes be if something were to happen with you, mom or dad? And in regards to ourselves too, what, talk to them about what, what our wishes are, because sometimes we even fill out these forms and we we may designate somebody to make healthcare decisions uh, for us if we're unable, but also let that person know 
what your wishes are ahead of time. And it, holiday time is a great time to do those things. Well, thank you for coming on our podcast. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts so you won't miss our next episode focusing on spirituality and how it helps us heal and how to figuratively make room for loved ones who have passed away as we gather for the holidays. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Trick is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and produced by Tia Castillo, Susana Cisneros, and me, Melissa Whitfield. <laughs>